Thank you for joining us for today's Real Life Today Bible Study with Dr. Brad Witt from the Book of Romans. Thank you for your prayer and support that enables us to share this practical biblical teaching. So grab a Bible, a notebook, and a pen, and let's study God's Word together. All right, Romans chapter 5, picking up in verse number 3. Notice what uh, the Apostle Paul says. He says, and not only that, not only that. Well, what, what do you mean, not only that? Well, he's, he's talked about how the fact that we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, we have access by faith uh, into his grace. We can come into the boldly into his presence. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then he says, and not only that. But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. There's this chain reaction, okay? You see this? There's this the train that they're pulling. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given uh, to us. You ever, you ever had a bad day? And I mean a really bad day. You ever gotten up in the morning and not realized that you, you should probably go on back to bed? Uh, and woken up on the other side of the house. You, you ever had one of those bad days? I mean, remember like Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, uh, very bad day? You ever had one of those really, really bad days? Um, I mean, if you remember Alexander, he had a bad day at school. He had a bad day at the dentist's office. Later, he, when he's getting ready for bed, his Mickey Mouse light burned out. Uh, the cat wanted to go sleep with Anthony uh, instead of him. He knew that he was going to have a really bad, horrible, awful, good, no, no, no good, very bad day. You ever had one of those? Um, some people don't only have bad days. If you, if you look at their lives, I don't know why it works out this way. But there are people who have bad months, bad years. There are certain people that just, they go throughout their entire life, I mean, really struggling with trial after trial after trial, tribulation after tribulation after tribulation. And so the question comes, what are these folks supposed to do? Well, notice what Paul says. Paul Paul says that they should glory in tribulation, verse 3. And then he goes on to give several reasons why. First of all, he says, well, look, look what he says. He says, tribulation produces perseverance. That's what he says in verse number 3. Now, what's perseverance? Well, perseverance is the ability to go on. But it's only developed when we overcome, we face, and then we're able to move past, overcome those trials uh, that really make us want to just give up and give in. Uh, I was looking this morning, uh, you may not remember this name, but Glenn Cunningham. Glenn Cunningham uh, was known as the Iron Man of Kansas, the Iron Man of Kansas, uh, Olympic athlete. Uh, but when he was eight years old, um, 1917, many years ago, he almost lost his legs after a, a fire there in his hometown uh, of Kansas. And... Um, as a matter of fact, his, 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 his uh, brother Floyd died, and uh, his legs were horribly burned. They took him to the doctors. The doctors wanted to cut off his legs, amputate them, because they were afear, afraid back in those days uh, that infection would set in. And yet he overcame all of those odds, and again, he became one of the greatest middle distance runners of the 20th century. Again, the Iron Man of Kansas. He created several world records in the 1930s. Represented the USA at two Olympics and clinched a silver medal in the 1936 uh, Olympics. And, uh, <clears throat> but he never gave up. He, 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 he kept moving. And so it, it was that tribulation, really, if you will, that, that gave him the opportunity to learn the perseverance that he needed to win. 
And uh, I need you to understand and be reminded this morning that the journey of, mar- of life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And so we need the perseverance that comes through really the tribulations that come into our life. And so he says the very first thing that when you're, you, you or somebody that you know or love is going through these horrible, awful, very bad, no good days, tribulation produces perseverance. But then that perseverance, what does it do? Well, it leads to or produces character. That's what it says in verse 4. So what's character? Well, reputation is what people think you are. Character is what God knows you are. Character is what you are in the dark. Uh, character is what you are when it's just you and God. And so when all the other trappings and all the other exteriors and all the other <clears throat> Facebook, social media um, uh, things that we do, when those things are stripped away, that's what character is. And so our character, though, is formed and fashioned, molded and made. Uh, it, it's more important than just our, our personal comfort. Um our character, again, is shaped through all the things that we go through. Um, and God, by the way, God loves us too much just to let us uh, continue the way that we are. Uh, he would rather us to experience pain and then create through that godly character uh, rather than allow us just to continue in comfort and then just end up wasted and ruined and wrecked. And so he says, first of all, that tribulation produces perseverance. That perseverance, it goes on to lead to and per- per- produce character. Character then produces hope. That's what it says in verse 4 again. And so he, he says here, look, a godly character has confidence in the person, the plans, the work, and the ways of God. That's what a godly character does. And because a person who has been through all these terrible times and trials, um, it develops a character in them uh, where they've seen God turn disasters into delights. They've seen God work miracles in their lives, do things that can only be explained by him. And so what happens is they it produces hope in them. It produces hope in them. Uh, May 17, 1987, if you remember, you had two Iraqi missiles that struck the USS Stark and, uh, while it was on patrol in the Persian Gulf. And uh, 37 seamen were left dead. And uh, Barbara Kaiser was the wife of one of the, uh, the sailors. And uh, she was being interviewed by a reporter. And uh, she said that there's no need to mourn because, quote, God doesn't make mistakes. And that's that's the kind of hope that comes from character that is a result of perseverance. It only comes with godly character. And so he says down there that tribulation produces perseverance, and then that perseverance leads to character, and that character <clears throat> goes on to produce hope in our hearts. And then that hope leads to love. Verse 5, he says, The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. It's not a love for others, although it can naturally and should naturally lead to that. But it is the realization of the fact that God loves us. And the tool, if you will, for this love, the, the instrument, is the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God, who Paul says was given to us. And so when we pass through these trials, we discover the certain, sure promises of God and we realize, man, God really does love us. And maybe this past year, maybe the last two years, maybe for many, many years, you've been going through horrible, terrible, awful, good, I mean, bad days, bad months, bad years. And uh, you realize, it's through those things that you realize, man, God really does love me. That's what Paul's talking about here in Romans chapter 5. Picking up in verse 6. He says, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates, God shows his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died uh, for us. Christ, Christ died for us. Uh, being raised over in West Tennessee, we were close to uh, Missouri. And Missouri is called the show me state. <clears throat> and you'll see a lot of times on the, uh, the license plates on the back of cars from Missouri, the show me state. You ever ask yourself why they're called the, the show me state? There's several different legends, if you will. Uh, but on Senator Ashcroft, <clears throat> on, his, uh, on his website, he, he says the most widely known legend goes back to a phrase uh, that Missouri's U.S. Congressman William Duncan Vandiver, or Vandiver, uh, he served in the U.S. House of Representatives back in uh, 1897 to 1903. <clears throat> he was a part of the U.S. House, U.S. House Committee on Naval Affairs, and he attended an 1899 naval banquet in Philadelphia, and he gave a speech there. And in that speech, he said, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton and conquerors and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I am from Missouri. You, got, you have got to show me. Uh, that, that's where they, they claim that perhaps the, the show me state motto uh, came from. In the Bible, God does more than just talk about his love. He shows it. Paul says here that God demonstrates his own love toward us. He shows us. It's not something we just hear about, talked about. It's something that we experience absolutely right now. And Paul says several things as we get ready to close this morning. He says right, that right off the bat that God's love is right on time. It's right on time. Look, look here in verse number six. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's just at the right time. It's right on time. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, you know, as humans, it's possible for us to do the uh, right thing at the wrong time. But God, no, not for God. Uh, God has a plan that was formed before the foundations of the earth. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 4. And God's plan sticks to a strict time schedule. So uh, here with my kids lately, I was, I've been kind of bragging a little bit uh, about I, I'm a time freak. Uh, and there are just very few people that can do what I can do in regards to time. Uh, I told some, uh, some new couples, a new couple that was at Abilene last night, uh, new to the area, one of our new military families, and uh, was there Sunday morning in children's uh, for worship at 8.30 and then uh, for kids' worship and then back last night on Wednesday night. And uh, I said, I preached three times in three and a half hours with a, with a nearly 20-minute drive. Uh, there, I'm a time-conscious guy. And, uh, and, and so God, God's plan is on a strict time schedule. And he is never early. He's never late. He's always right on time like the old gospel song says. Uh, at just the right time, God sent his son into the world. At just the right time, Jesus Christ died for the world. And in just the right time, he's going to return to the world. And so we can be absolutely sure and certain that at the exact right time, God's going to take care of our situation as well. And so it's right on time, but then it is absolutely without condition. It's unconditional. Look at verses 7 uh, and 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. In other words, for a good person, you might do something you wouldn't do for a bad person. Uh, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, the amazing part of salvation is that we didn't deserve it. Jesus Christ died for us while we were still sinners, while we were still at war with him. 
And so God is willing to meet us right where we are. He doesn't demand us, like again, like a lot of religions, clean yourself up before you come to God. Do this, that, or that, the other. You got to take care of yourself. Drop this. Quit doing this. You got to clean yourself up. No. God knows our weakness. God knows our wickedness. He knows all of our sin. And yet he accepts us if we're willing to come to him and just lay them and give them to him. It's unconditional. Uh, and uh, he, he accepts us in them, in all of our weakness and all of our frailties. And then... It's a sacrificial love. Uh, it's a sacrificial love because here's the thing. It doesn't require anything of us. It requires everything of Jesus. Jesus Christ died for us. Um, in spite of what some guys who preach in really big coliseums out uh, <clears throat> in Houston, the Houston area might say, Jesus just didn't simply live a good life, his best life now. Um, you know, you, are you familiar with uh, Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa? Um, she was talking to a, a, a group of, um, she was talking to a group who were getting ready to join her order, her society, if you will. And she said, love to be real must cost. It must hurt. It must empty us of self. And uh, God met those degrees. God met those requirements to a degree that nobody else ever has. Jesus Christ came. God the Father gave his only son. And Jesus Christ died for us, a timely, right on time death, and a death with no preconditions. And then Jesus Christ sacrificed his life on the cross for you. And I wonder this morning, have, have you ever taking advantage of what Jesus did for you on the cross. I mean, we're talking about the love of God demonstrated. God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you've never trusted Christ, you could do that before you leave today. Before you click off this video, you could pray a simple prayer where you say something like this, God, I know that you love me. And that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. To pay the price for my sin. And I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. And today I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and save me. And if you'll pray that simple prayer and mean in your heart, he will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you let me know? Just send me a Facebook message like many have done during uh, this COVID uh, crisis the last two years. Um, if you're a member of Abilene, remember why we exist. This is why we exist, guys, is to tell folks what Jesus Christ did for them. Uh, the one thing that makes a difference at Abilene is not who you are or where you're from or how much money you have. The thing that makes a difference is, <clears throat> are you serving and sharing? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you, are you doing what the Bible says? Uh, 